0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It feels like a Monday. It just feels like a Monday because we had the long July 4th weekend. I know it's Wednesday, but it feels like a Monday. And maybe it feels like a Monday to me because my child, I love you, Hartley, I love you so much, has decided he doesn't want to sleep anymore. He's not into sleep. He wasn't a good sleeper when he was a baby. Then we sleep trained him. We got him into this amazing pattern of sleep, thanks to my husband, of course, who did all the work. Uh, I wasn't very good with sleep training, but... Now he's decided we changed his bed from a crib to a toddler bed. And he has decided that he doesn't want to sleep in it. So he comes in and out a hundred times. And my video was doing something real weird on there for a second. I'm trying to manage the chat, guys. I thought I was going to step up to the plate and manage the chat. As it turns out, very distracting on the screen, Tyler. All right. I told you we were going to have a problem. Tyler and I had a conversation before. I said, listen, I'm going to be tech savvy today. I'm going to open the show. I'm going to manage the chat. Turns out you see yourself in motion over there. Very distracting. So it turns out I'm not going to manage the chat. Tyler is going to manage the chat for now until we can teach me how to enter the realm of 2022 and not act like an 80-year-old. No small task. All right. So Hartley's not sleeping. The bags under my eyes are fashionable. Anyone tells you differently, they just don't know about fashion. And we're going to start today. We have a great, great lineup today of topics. We got a lot of video. We got a lot of stuff coming out of TikTok. I've been checking out TikTok. Turns out there's a lot of crazy going on over there that we need to cover. We need to combat. We need to discuss. We need to welcome to the show. So we're going to be doing that. And I want to start with a video that went viral over the weekend. It's not a new video. It's actually a few weeks old, but it got put on some new sites. It was shared on Twitter. It was shared on Reddit. So it kind of got revitalized. And I actually went to go to the video itself on TikTok yesterday, and it it seemed to not be accessible. But of course, everyone pulled it, screenshot it, embedded it. So I don't know if the nurse doesn't want it there anymore, but too bad it's already out there. Anyway, it was a controversial video, and it's essentially of a nurse who has been facing backlash. She apparently, according to her, had a patient that died. And she filmed in the hospital a little reaction to that. I want to show it to you, and then we're going to talk about why this video, in my opinion, is a big problem and a sign of the times. That's not good. Let's take a look. Okay. Now, if you follow the video, you can see there's text on it. Essentially, the, the text says that she lost a patient, and she's going through the motions of that experience. So I have to ask, first and foremost, what's wrong with the video? A lot of things. I'm going to assume that she's telling us the truth, that she did, in fact, lose a patient, because it would be so beyond horrific to fake that just for a video. So let's just give her the benefit of the doubt. I like to do that, and let's say she did lose a patient. If that happened to her, why the video? You lose a patient in the hospital, you're a nurse, does this seem like a realistic display? Oh, excuse me, I just lost a patient, would you mind just filming this for me? I wanna post the video on TikTok of my reaction. That's why she's getting heat, because we live in an age now where people are starting to realize that we are in decay. I don't use that word lightly because of what's happening with our relationship to social media. If she legitimately went through the motions of sadness, of grief, which I'm sure, nurses, doctors out there, you do lose patience sometimes, you do go through traumatic events, I'm sure it can be really, really difficult to bear, that trauma. But I'm guessing you also don't rush to make a TikTok video about it. So it looked like acting. In fact, my friend Clifton Duncan wrote something (laughs) to the effect of, he hosts a podcast as well, I've been on his podcast, really cool guy, uh, an actor. He wrote, leave the acting to the actors. And it's sad because if she did really have a moment She lost people by doing that to it. So this got me thinking. Why do we need to showcase everything on social media? Why do we need to be this type of people now where we need to look and seek approval? We need your commentary. We need you to see how we're feeling. We need you to be in that moment with us. Why do we seek that out? And what is wrong with a society that does that all the time? And it got me thinking about, I told you guys that I had written a book called uh, Hashtag Do Not Disturb a few years ago. And I remember, I I had an addiction to technology. I shared that with you as well. I remember a day I was on the Brooklyn Promenade. Gorgeous sunset. Like one of those sunsets you see that like, you're like, that can't be real. And I sat with my phone and I was trying to get a picture of it. So I was looking at it through the phone and adding a filter in and hashtag no filter and coming up with all this stuff. And what I ultimately came to experience that day is I didn't see the sunset. I missed the whole moment. The only sunset I actually saw was through the lens of my camera because I was so busy trying to tell you that I was having a moment that I didn't have one. I didn't have one. I missed the whole thing. By the time I was done with the camera, the sunset was done. So I'm guilty of it. I am that person. I recovered from all that stuff and I manage social media very, very differently now. But I recovered from that because I had to. Because the world that I was living in was bad. And the world that this woman is living in is bad too. This is not good. So I invite you to look at what's happening to people in 2022. To look at what's happening to you. I'm sure you have been someone who's gone down that path every now and then, right? You're like, oh, let me take a contemplative picture of myself sitting on a patio enjoying vacation. And someone's behind that. And you're like, and they run over. And then you're like, could you take another one? That one doesn't, I I feel like I look weird. Then they run back. Oh, you know what? That one, my foot looks funny. It's all fake, right? It's all fake. We know it's fake. It's all fake. And what's happening as a result of this need to be liked and need to be, everything has to be public and everything. We're missing out on the actual moments. We're missing out on life and we're missing out on peace because any little amount of peace you could have had in that moment, is gone by you trying to capture it and display it to the world all the time because you want some kind of acceptance or a like, or you want other people to feel what you're feeling. It's bad. So I looked at this and it just, it run me the wrong way. And it just, it reminded me of a need to just say, put the apps down. If you're having an experience, have it. If you're going through something, go through it. You don't need to tell everyone about it 24 hours a day. You don't need them to feel what you're feeling 24 hours a day. And you don't need to make it into a social media meme that goes viral. This one didn't work out so well for her. Because whatever authenticity existed for her in that moment was lost by her need to showcase it to all of us. It just looked fake. So learn from it. And it's easy to criticize. It's easy for us to sit here and criticize. Every single one of us, the reason I'm pointing this out, every single one of us has done this. Maybe not in a hospital, maybe not after losing a patient, maybe we're not a nurse, we all do it. You know who doesn't do it? The older generations who look at us like we're crazy and are like, can't you just look at the sunset? Can't you just enjoy this moment? My dad doesn't even have an iPhone. He won't get one. We've tried, we're like, dad, that little flip phone you have that looks like it's from Back to the Future, it's gonna go wrong one day, you're not. He's like, I'm not getting an iPhone, I don't want it. The call, the phone is for emergencies, end of story. He will not participate in the madness, he won't. He will not participate in it. And at first I thought he was crazy but now I actually think it's all of us, right? Because when he sits down to watch a sunset, guess what he sees, the sunset. Okay, (sighs) all right, well, speaking of phony, Speaking of people that have lost their minds and speaking of fake, there's a new story out that I love about Pfizer. Sometimes my birthday comes early. Today's one of those days. My birthday is not till January, but let's celebrate today. Pfizer must prove the efficacy and safety of its COVID vaccine within 48 hours in Uruguay, as it turns out. Well, look at that. Clap, clap, clap. I mean that sincerely. Look at that. So let's take a look at the article. This is from the Rio Times. Tyler has it up for you now. Moment of truth. Apparently, Pfizer has been asked to prove a number of things. They're supposed to show up at a hearing, and they're supposed to bring a lot of things with them to show that their vaccine is, in fact, safe and effective in order for the government of Uruguay to sign off on it. So check this out. Uruguay media report that a Montevideo judge has ordered disclosure of a range of information about COVID vaccines within 48 hours. Among other things, detailed information on the vaccine composition and evidence of his safety is required. Take a look at what they want. Take a look at what the government said. According to the decree, the following information is requested. I'm going to go through every one of these because it's important. The vaccine purchase contrasts. Contracts between the Uruguayan government and Pfizer, as well as information on whether clauses for civil compensation or immunity from punishment for suppliers in the event of possible side effects are included. They want to know if Pfizer will be granted immunity if things happen. Huh? Information on the distribution of the vaccine batches, as well as quality control measures. Detailed information on the biochemical composition of the vaccine including whether graphene oxide and nanotechnology components are included. They just want an answer. That's all. Information on the mRNA used and evidence that it is harmless. Harmless. A statement whether the vaccine or parts of its ingredients are experimental. Detailed data demonstrating the efficacy and safety of the vaccination. Detailed information on the average age of those who died with COVID-19 diagnosis and information on how many of those deaths were caused solely by the disease. Huh. Huh. Information on whether studies are being conducted on the increase in deaths in Uruguay since the vaccination campaign began in March 2021. Scientific evidence that unvaccinated people pose a risk. And finally, information on those responsible for and involved in the vaccination campaign and their links to pharmaceutical companies. This is impressive. This is impressive. And all they're saying is, hey, listen. Come to the hearing. Apparently, representatives of all agencies, as well as Pfizer, are due to appear at the hearing at 9 a.m. Wednesday. That's today. They're saying, come. Give us the information. Be transparent. And as long as you have it and as long as it checks out, we're good to go. That's all. So what do you think is going to happen? Would you take a guess with me? Well, you remember what happened in India, right? Do you remember that? Tyler, do you remember what happened in India with the vaccine? I do They, not. they had to... Uh, you know, they didn't like the liability protection. They didn't like the idea of liability protection. They couldn't wrap their heads around why you would need liability protection for something that was safe and effective. So it didn't work for them. And Pfizer was like, okay, we'll just pull out. We're not going to do it without liability protection. Why? It's just a question. Why? It's a fair question. If you aren't comfortable releasing something that you claim is safe and effective without this data – Right. And you, you could be laughing. Right. They could be sitting and saying, well, there's no there's no nanotechnology. There's no graph. Gra, what is it called? Graphene oxide. That's ridiculous. OK, so then just show them. That's all. Right. It seems like a simple question and answer. And it seems to me that drug companies should have to answer these questions. If you are going to have liability protection, if I decide tomorrow, people at home, let's use our brains. Right. I decide I'm going to sell you a car. I make up this car. It looks really snazzy, too. Make a lot of promises about the car. And I say, OK, I'm ready to sell it to you. But there's one caveat. If you get in it and for some reason the brakes don't work or you die or something terrible happens, the airbags don't, I have liability protection um, from the get-go. And I'm not going to sell it to you unless I get it. Would you get in the car? I ask. Maybe some of you would say, I'll take my chances. Maybe. Maybe. But I'm willing to bet a lot of people would say, well, why do you need liability protection? Is there something wrong with the car? Okay, well, now that you said you need liability protection, I have a series of questions that I would like answered before I put myself, my family in the car. These are just questions. They're not accusations, at least from my perspective. They're not accusations. No one's trying to put somebody on trial. All they're trying to say is, you're asking me to put something into my body that's not reversible, right? vast majority of people say it's not reversible. Something happens in the body, right? You put something into the body, something has the potential to happen that's not reversible. Okay, I just want to have these questions answered perfectly, perfectly legitimate. So this this showed up for me. And what I'm left wondering with this, first of all, it seems perfectly reasonable to me that you would ask questions and you would get answers, right? Transparency should be the name of the game. This is not about a vaccine for me. This is about Everything. I talk about transparency in politics. I talk about transparency in medicine. I talk about transparency on this show. Be transparent with people. Be honest. Be honest. And secondly, I'm wondering, this is happening in Uruguay. We we mentioned what happened in India. Why doesn't it happen in the United States? Why is this, this link missing? Why is the liability protection automatically granted? Why is an emergency youth authorization granted despite their us looking around and being like, well, what's the emergency for kids? Despite knowing statistics that say it's not an emergency for kids, why, why is this happening like this in the United States? And you really have to take a look at money, right? You have to look, take a look at finances. You have to – we've talked about how the FDA, the CDC, Big Pharma – oftentimes you'll see people, oh, I, he used to work for Big Pharma, and now he works for the FDA. It's a revolving door. You have to t- You have to follow the money, Right. And it just seems that money and, and profits are being prioritized over the well-being of people. Now, my answer to this is not socialized medicine. Some of you might have been thinking I was going down. I'm not. The government does not do things efficiently, by and large. Okay, And I am certainly not interested in a government that's going to mandate that I do something with my body. you have already seen how that, how that works out. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I am suggesting is there needs to be an eye on what's going on here. And that you as a parent, you as a citizen, have a right to ask questions when it comes to drugs. And I'm not just talking about vaccinations. I'm talking about any drug on the market. But there is a sacred cow here. And for some reason, people aren't allowed to ask about the vaccines. And there's a lot of good people that are pro-vaccine who also have questions. There are people who are anti-vaccine. There's all kinds of people in this world. Regardless, you must be able to ask a question. And if you get an answer you don't like, you're entitled to say, well, that doesn't work for me. It's your body, you get one body in this life. You get one body, you better damn well be ready to protect it and make the right decision for yourself. So I was getting heated about this because I don't I don't like lack of transparency in any area of life. I just don't like it. It doesn't work for me. And I happened to see another article. You know, once I'm heated, Tyler, to get more heated is usually not a good thing. It's also not good for my hair. We've talked about that. You can see that today. Manifestation of the humidity happening right before your eyes. What can I say? All right. National Pulse. This is interesting. Vaccine mandates were predicated on hope. Oh, isn't that nice? Rather than science, admits Deborah Burks. You remember Deborah? The gift that keeps on giving, I tell you. Former White House coronavirus response coordinator. This was under Trump, remember? Some of this stuff happened under Trump. That needs to be acknowledged. That needs to be discussed. Dr. Deborah Verks revealed that the federal government was relying on hope. How nice. That the COVID-19 vaccines would prevent infection when officials publicly stated that Americans who received the jab would become immune to the virus. They had hope. The admission came during a line of questioning by Representative Jim Jordan. Well done, Jim, as usual, who inquired to the former Trump administration official when the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't transmit it. Was it a lie? or guess. I think it was hope that the vaccine would work in that way. She s- I mean, could you even begin? I was like regurgitating my dinner when I saw this. She's turned my stomach for a long time. I'm not going to lie. And then it goes on to discuss Dr. Birx's comments, follow a host of studies determining that the COVID-19 vaccine doesn't confer protection as comprehensively as natural immunity, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on and on. So I read this, and I'm twisted. Why, you ask? Well, they had hope. Great, you had hope. Based off of that hope, people were fired. Mandates were instituted based off of nothing. People were deplatformed. People lost their jobs. People lost their businesses. They couldn't feed their families. They had to pick up and relocate to other states. Segregation was instituted in society based off of a hope. That's not going to work for me. That's not going to work for me, and it shouldn't work for you either. You know, I have a hope that Santa Claus is going to visit my house, and he's going to gift me a wellness spa for Christmas. That would be amazing. I'd like to have a facial and a massage, you know, at an arm's distance. But I'm not going to plan my life around it, because I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. You never know. Santa Claus is magical. Tyler knows that. But we need to think about what happened here Without factual information, look at what they did to society. Look at what maybe they did to you, to a friend, to a loved one who had a medical exemption, to whoever it may be. Look at what they did and what they got away with and what they've learned they could get away with. Imagine the audacity of her. Oh, we had a hope. That's admirable. You had a hope. You don't base policy off of a hope, Deborah. So now you have a whole bunch of people that are looking back on this and are getting real mad. They're getting really mad. And people wonder, you know, they say, well, Jed, why are you still talking about the vaccine? You know, well, I'm talking about it because people are still being penalized in the military for not getting the vaccine. People are still being discharged. People in certain companies, even if they work remotely, are still losing their jobs over this nonsense. This is not based on science. So I'm going to fight it until every last breath is out of me because this is nonsense. And I know too many people whose lives were destroyed by this nonsense. And by the way, if you think this is the last go around, buckle up. This was a test. A lot of people failed. This was a test of what they can get away with. So I ask you, what's next? You better get ready. And the next time, you better have your fear in check. And you better know what's going on and what they're capable of and what they're willing to do to you based off of a hope. And I don't even believe that line, frankly. I think it's a lie. But if you take her at her word, give her the benefit of the doubt, what they were willing to destroy in your life based off of a hope, do not forget that because round two is going to look very much like this, only they may go in a little stronger next time.
1: (sighs) Have you? This is a little older. Yeah. And I need to do a deep dive, but. Have you seen, uh, let's see, let's get to the top of this. This is, this article is 2017, so it's a little older, but according to a 2009 study by Fairness and Accuracy in Reporting, with the exception of CBS, every major media outlet in the United States shares at least one board member with at least one drug company.
0: Right. Talk about
1: a revolving, I mean, it's just, it's.
0: Yes. So they they permeate the every aspect of it. Right. Think about the coverage. And I've worked at these networks, so I can tell you that there are, there are sacred cows. There are things that you cannot say. And this was also a test of that, I'll tell you, because there were a lot of people at these networks that were all, you know, pro-freedom, pro-freedom. I'm, you know, I'm the freedom fighter, waving the American flag behind them. And then suddenly there was a vaccine mandate at their company and they were like, well, I wasn't going to get it, but Shh, I won't talk about that. I'll talk about something else. It's okay. And they did that. They play. So there's your phonies, right, on display. Be willing to see it, though. Be willing to see it. So yes, Tyler is right. There is, a, there is a ton of money. You remember that video brought to you by Pfizer, brought to you by... And it was all the major network news reports. You're going to tell me you're getting fair coverage, accurate coverage? They can't. There's too much money invested. And that same thing is happening... When when you have people who used to work, oh, I used to work at Pfizer, and now I'm at the FDA, and I'm on the board, and now it's like a revolving door. So just this needs to be looked into. People need to understand this stuff is going on. This is a profit-oriented business. There's a lot of corruption that runs deep. And your health is your health, right? I, I always say, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And everyone at home knows this, right? You could be having the best day ever. You could be making all the money in the world. If you don't feel well and you feel that something's wrong, that's all you can think about. So everyone knows that your health comes first, number one. You know what they always say, if you have your health, everything else can wait, and that's the truth. And everyone who's been unwell at one point in their life knows that's the truth. So don't let them play the game. Be informed, be armed with questions. You can be polite, you can be respectful, But knowledge is power. Anyone preventing you from getting that knowledge is part of the problem. So you are entitled to ask about liability protection. I don't care if it's their sacred cow. There is no sacred cow. It's your body. It's your kid's body. Screw them. Ask your questions. You don't like the answer. Act accordingly. That's it. So, you know, this this is creating like a decay. I talk about the decay in society. This is creating a decay. And it's to creating a decay in people's health. People also need to realize big pharma is making a shit ton of money, not just about vaccines. Across the board, they're making a lot of money. Think about how many drugs people take, aspirin, this. You go to CBS, you walk out, every ailment. Chronic illness is on the rise. Chronic illness in this country is increasing, not decreasing. And big pharma is making a shit ton of cash. Ask yourself why. What's not working? And it seems to me that everyone who wants to raise issues about other stuff in life, about actual wellness, they want them silenced. There's a problem here. Ask your questions and get your answers. So we talk about health decay. And one component of health decay that always comes up for me is what's happening when it comes to social media, as we talked about, and what's happening when it comes to relationships. You can't talk about the moral decay in society unless you're willing to have a conversation about pornography. And we're going to have somebody on in the future, and we're going to dig into this because I'm really interested in what it's doing to men in particular, what it's doing to sexuality, what it's doing to young kids now, and what it's doing to relationships that trickles out to community, that trickles out to country. But I saw this article, and it said Las Vegas hotels to deliver VR porn headsets via robot to lonely guests. Las Vegas. Who knew? Look at this. Virtual reality headsets that have porn. This is no joke. This is welcome to 22. Welcome to the moral decay. That's 22. 2022. Visitors to Las Vegas won't even need to leave their hotel rooms to get a taste of Sin City. How how convenient. VR bangers. That's what they're called. Okay. (laughs) Not hiding it, at least. At least they're creative. I got to give them that. A company that specializes in pornographic films, especially tailored to three-dimensional virtual reality headsets, they touched all the bases here, as my husband said. They got the virtual. They got the porn. It's like decay at every level. How can we wreck a society? Let's do it. Let's see who bites. It's partnering with several Vegas hotels to offer helmets preloaded with adult content to guests eager to indulge their need for instant gratification. Instant gratification, by the way, is the enemy of success. It's the enemy. You want to be successful? That need for instant gratification, it's going to get you. It's going to wreck you. The idea to use the robots changed everything, Abramovich said. Apparently, he's the CEO of VR bangers. (laughs) Stand up guy. We've even created some special scenes to ensure that they offer even greater levels of immersion and realism. Well, look at that. I'm not even going to ask what that is that Tyler's put on the screen because I don't want to know. looks like some type of robot. I don't know what's coming out of there.
1: That's the delivery robot.
0: Oh, that's the delivery robot. How exciting. So, again, now you're a free man, you're a free woman, you're an adult. This is for 18 and up. You can do what you want. You can do what you want. But this is wrecking you. You know what they want? They want you sitting in a hotel room. You're in Vegas. Get outside. You want to go meet somebody? You want to have some fun? Go walk up to somebody, strike up a conversation, go out dancing, take someone to dinner, get some heat going on, make it happen. No. They want you sitting in your hotel room like an overgrown baby, afraid of rejection, afraid of the world outside. It's scary. They want you watching addicted to pornography that's totally impossible for people to recreate in real life, that, that sets the bar here for weirdness and craziness. So when you go to actually have sex with a real live woman, you're bored, right? And they want you paying for it. Because it's, it's constant cash flow. The more of a vegetable you are, the more money they make. They don't care that society's in decay. They need society to be in decay. They need your relationship to be fucked up. They need that to happen in order to make money. They need your demand for this product. You know the free market. You know how it works. You say we don't want it. That product dies. So I'm inviting you to make it die. It's an invitation. I'm not going to force you. I don't force anything. I believe in freedom. I believe in the marketplace. Let it thrive or let it die, but it's up to you. So I wanted to bring something that I found because we are going to talk in depth about pornography. I think it's a really important point, but I found this. I did a quick search from Utah State University. They did a great job of talking about porn. This is from July of 2022 and the negative impacts, and they just outlined a few things here. Pornography can have negative consequences for both the user and his or her intimate partner. Some of the common damaging effects of pornography for users can include addiction, isolation, increased aggression, distorted beliefs and perceptions about relationships and sexuality, negative feelings about themselves, and neglecting other areas of their lives. Take a look at the list that they have there. User faces difficulty becoming sexually aroused without pornography. That's not good. User loses interest and engages in fewer sexual experiences with the partner that they have. Why? Because, well, they're being stimulated by the porn, so they don't need their partner anymore. Hence, there's distance that happens in the relationship, problems that arise in the relationship. Partner may view pornography use as infidelity and a betrayal to the relationship, so people break up over that. Maybe your wife doesn't want you sitting looking at some fake nonsense going on. She wants to connect with you in the comfort of your own bedroom. It turns into a problem. Guess who wins? The people who make this garbage. They make a lot of money. Oh, we broke up another relationship. Now he'll really want more porn. It's not just men. women. This goes for women too. But the audience is largely men for this kind of stuff. If you look at the demographics and the breakdown, it's just a reality. Partner feels sexually inadequate and threatened by pornography use. Then you have all these insecurities that arise in a relationship that become a problem. Partner may feel that certain sexual activities desired by user are objectionable. Why? Because you're watching this, you're watching porn, all of a sudden you're like, wow, now I'm bored of this. Let's make it crazier. Oh, let's make it before you know. It's like you're in a jungle scene. Something's going on. You don't even, it's madness. You're not going to recreate that on a Saturday night in your bedroom. So now that intimacy, that real intimacy that strengthens bonds, that strengthens you, that makes you feel like a man, that goes away. And instead you're this guy that's got VR glasses on trying to make something happen with a fake robot in a porn scene, and paying for it. Talk about emasculating. They're not growing men. They're taking your manhood from you, and you're letting them do it. So stop. Relationship trust decreases. One or both partners may be concerned about children's exposure. That's another thing you got to think about. you got to think about how this trickles out. And I know sometimes you're a single guy out there. I'm talking to men now. I'm talking to the guys listening to this because, as I said... There's gonna be times that I talk more to women. In fact, at the end of this show, I'm gonna to talk to women because they're they're causing some problems too that we need to set right. We're I should say. I'm a woman as well. I know that's controversial, but I am. But guys, this stuff trickles out. If you're a dad, if you're gonna be a dad one day, Your relationship being a problem, because of this stuff, it trickles out. Everything you do trickles out. Think about it as like what happens at the dinner table that goes wrong trickles out to the community. Trickles out beyond the community, to the city, to the state, to the country. And now you have a country that's in decay. You have intimacy that doesn't matter to people anymore. Real intimacy. You have bonds between people that are getting broken. So please think about this. You are always entitled to make a choice for yourself as an adult, but you also need to think about what the consequences are of those decisions. You wanna get feisty? Get feisty with your girl. It will be more fun, I promise you, than stay, and you will feel like a man after that. That's not how you're gonna feel when you take off your virtual reality glasses and you take out your wallet and you pay for your experience. It's just not. It's just not. They're shrinking men little by little, you guys are shrinking. And I don't want shrunken men. I want big, strong men. That's right. You heard me say it here first. All right. So I was thinking about that, because I I make the show lineup, and I try to have everything kind of go together. It doesn't always work that way. But I was thinking about the shrinking of people, and what's going on and where it starts. And it wasn't just about porn, but it's also about these conversations we have about how everyone needs to belong and the group thinkers and all that. And I happened to see this. My husband and I were having a conversation over the weekend about the Boy Scouts. Just came up. I don't remember how. And I was like, oh, you know, I know how it came up because I was talking about how when I was younger, I didn't have practical skills. And there was a kid that was in the Boy Scouts and he knew how to build a fire. He was like really savvy. He was like 10. And I swear, like if I were on Survivor, he would have been my best bet. I, on the other hand, would have never made it off the float. I would have been like, oh, there's a mosquito. What do I do? That would have been my biggest challenge of the day. Forget about hunting and building. Forget it. Forget it. But we were talking about the Boy Scouts and and all that. And he said to me, did you see this article, by the way, this new stuff that happened with the Scouts? And this is about the Scout Association in the UK. I said, I hadn't seen it. I said, let me see it. And this is what it says from the Daily Mail. Scout Association faces backlash over new trans badge for members as young as four years old, which have been slammed as inappropriate. I said to myself, what is going on here? For for four years old? You need four-year-olds now to put their stamp on this stuff? Is this your memory of what the scouts, forget about, and believe me, we're talking about this, you know, scout association, but (laughs) what happens in one place trickles out. Believe me, Boy Scouts, you're going to be hearing about stuff going on with that soon too. This is just getting everywhere, this woke stuff. But the the experiences were so admirable. Adventure, outdoor adventure, all these skills. Now this is what it's about? You send your kids to the scouts and this is what it's about? I read the article, Scouts interested in buying the Trans Fun Badge are told, and you could scroll down and see it. Make a bold statement with this vibrant Scout Pride trans woven badge. It's perfect for adding to a blanket, a poncho, clothing, or a bag to show your support for Scout Pride and the LGBT. Oh, they forgot the Q, huh? I don't know about this article. must be bigoted. Plus, community, look at the badges. Lesbian fun badge. Why do they need a four-year-old to put this badge on? Ask yourself, what is going on here? Even if you're pro these things, right? Why do you need a four-year-old to put a badge on? What is going on here? This is now what it's about. Scouting is open to all and welcomes young people and adults, regardless of their sexuality or gender identity. Great. Okay, nobody wants to discriminate. No sane person wants discrimination. I'm on board. It's important that in scouts, everyone feels welcomed, included, and valued. Why can't that just be because people treat each other with respect? Why can't the message just be, hey, everyone's welcome here. We all have differences. We all have preferences. Everyone's welcome. We're going to work together. We're going we're to you know, put forth some good teamwork. Why does it need to be announced that I, I support this? Where's my badge? I need a badge. I'm feeling very empty today. I don't have a sticker. I don't have a pin. I must be in the wrong year. Maybe I am in 1985. I got in that DeLorean after all, Tyler. So this is what I'm saying. We got stuff going on with adults. We got stuff going on. Can't we just not try so hard to be this for everyone all the time? This is something you can achieve. You can achieve respect for people and their individual choices without sticking a badge on a four-year-old. A four-year-old doesn't know what that badge means. A four-year-old doesn't want to know what that badge means. A four-year-old wants to play because they're a child. And you're sticking your adulthood on that child and forcing them to grow up and be woke because you need them to be. Cut the shit. Cut the shit, really.
1: All right. You see, right after that, the Scout Association has long uh, expanded beyond boys-only clubs. Cubs are for girls and boys aged eight to ten, and Scouts are for those up to fourteen. It's new youth section, Squirrels, which is being funded by the government. Go figure. Shocking. Shocking. shocking.
0: See, but isn't it sad? Right. We say this, and we say, "Ah, oh, shocking." We're not surprised. We're not surprised when the government gets involved in this nonsense. The government who by the way takes a shit ton of your money that you work hard for every year and then you find out that it's being used toward nonsense or stuff that you're like, what? This is the job of the government? Priorities are twisted. They're real twisted. We started the show out with twisted priorities with the social media nonsense and everybody needs to be loved and needs the stamp of approval. Now we're getting into porn, then we're getting into the Priorities, and I don't know what's going on at the dinner tables around this country, but parents better start talking to their kids and having real conversations with their kids. Because kids today are coming into an, in a, in a world where they're expecting those four-year-olds to have adult minds and process this stuff. I want to show you a video. This is from a protest, uh, a pro-abortion protest in Arkansas. I'm just going to show the video without comment first. Let's take a look. Have that, Tyler, when you have it. My choice. I don't know if it's fair that- my yourself, My I'm for My okay choice. so this is a toddler My she's got to be less than four i have a two and a half year old so i'm looking i'm taking a guess parents at home maybe you're better at this than me if you have multiple kids i feel like you're so good at detecting ages you're like she's she's three years and six months and you've always got it right somehow i'm not quite there yet that's a toddler that's a baby that's a little baby girl who's at a rally in arkansas with a megaphone, saying, my body, and everyone's saying, she doesn't know what she's saying. She knows what you told her to say. That is a sign of one. Sorry to say, whoever's in that video, that's bad parenting. And that's madness that is seeping through society. Let that little girl grow up. Let her figure out what she believes. Now, she may turn into a 20-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 17-year-old, who feels exactly that way and makes a decision to go to that rally and brings a megaphone and shouts that out. And you know what? More power to her. That will have come from her. That will be her feeling about the issue. She will have done her research. She will feel empowered in that moment. This is not what's happening. That is a little baby that's parroting what you told her to say and has no idea what she's saying. That's disturbing. That's what you're doing when you force a four-year-old in the scouts to stick a badge on. They don't know what that means. They're like, well, sure, it's pretty colors. I guess I'll wear it. They're doing your job, your job, which you see as to be woke, as to be hot. Oh, we stand for this. Don't anyone say we're bigoted. So if you watch that video and you were uncomfortable, and by the way, I would be just as uncomfortable if that little girl were saying something else. You know, if they were at a, a, a pro life rally and they were echoing talking points of their parents. Don't use your kids as props. They're children. I hate it when I see a political video, right, left, center, I don't care. And people have chosen to use kids as props. Drives me mad. Absolutely mad. The White House used to do that sometimes. I remember with the health care bill, old kid there, or they'll use, it's it's really, really morally debased stuff. Let the kids be kids. They don't know. They don't know what they're saying. You cannot tell me. You're going to go up to that little girl and ask, well, what exactly does that mean? I mean, think about what's going on in that scene. And then get angry about it. You should get angry about it and then vow to not do that to your children. Even if it's an issue you feel really strongly about, that you feel is for the good of the country, let your kids come to that issue on their own. Because that's not a good look for you. It's a sad look for the child. You feel bad for the child. You know why we feel bad for the child? Because that child has parents that put her out there and handed her that megaphone and said, say that. Don't be that parent. Don't be that parent. I don't care what the issue is. Speaking of people and parenting, bad parenting and not wanting to be parents or this, that and the other thing, on the issue of parenting, I see this. Making the cut. (laughs) Nice title, by the way. (laughs) Younger men seek vasectomies in the wake of Roe v. Wade ruling. Now you see why the title is fancy? There you go. Let's read a little. Younger men in the Big Apple, New York. Shocking shocking for this to happen in New York and across the country, but it's, they're using the Big Apple for a reason, are scrambling to book appointments to get vasectomies in the wake of last week's Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Urologists and prospective patients told The Post, "Then there's a doctor here with a really long name I'm gonna say wrong, Dr. Alex something, director of urology at New York Urology Specialist in Midtown Manhattan, estimated that calls about vasectomy procedures have soared by more than 500% this week. 500, that's not a small number. If they're at a point where they don't plan on having children and have been relying on other methods, they can certainly drive them toward this can certainly drive them toward vasectomy. Okay. This is the best part. Even with New York officials pledging that abortion will still be legal in the Empire State, not everyone understands that. To someone who might not understand the legal system, it sounds like the Supreme Court has banned abortion. So obviously we know, first and foremost, let's talk about the dumb. I hate when the dumb hurts, but sometimes it hurts and you have to say it. No one has banned abortion. What they did, again, returned it to the states. Nothing is going to happen to abortion in New York. Nothing. If anything, maybe they'll expand it just to be a little extra spiteful. Nothing's going to happen to abortion in California either. Nothing is going to happen because they didn't ban it. They gave it back to the states. It's called the 10th Amendment. People should read up on it sometime. Not saying you have it, but maybe that guy in the, in the photo, before he snips, snip snips, might want to know what the real facts are. This is my favorite part of the article, though. I can't. The example they use, they're talking about young guys, right? And this is happening apparently a trend among young men. But the example they use is DJ Edgerton, who's 53. Okay. I nearly, honestly, I nearly passed out from the laughter reading this for many reasons. We need to read it together, and there are many reasons why. DJ Edgerton, 53, who's single. He splits his time between Manhattan, Newport, Rhode Island, and Sarasota, Florida, isn't convinced abortion rights are secure in New York. The dumb hurts. And was among those prompted by the SCOTUS decision to call this doctor's office about getting snipped. That word snipped sounds, it's aggressive. Just going to say. Edgerton, who founded a design tech firm, said his sisters and two daughters have been busting my balls. (laughs) Pun intended. Obviously. Well done. I'll give him some points on the humor. During the last few years to get a vasectomy. This is what he says. It's a tragedy that this right has been taken away from women. Again, it hasn't. Correction. And I think the convenience of that as an option, the convenience of it as an option, no longer being there, especially that I live in Florida half the year, makes this a more potent solution. Now, first of all, the fact that these words came out of a 53-year-old man I don't know what to say. It's like an overgrown baby talking, literally. At, by the age of 53, you haven't figured out. There are things you can do to prevent yourself from having a baby. There are steps you can take, first of all. He's this is a 53-year-old man. He's not 20. He's 53 years old. And this is, by the way, an epidemic among New York City guys. Sorry if you're watching from New York City and you take issue with this. But there's an epidemic of overgrown grown man babies in New York. This, is, this did not shock me at all for a grown ass man in New York to say this. Grown ass men in Texas, harder to find one that would say this. Can't imagine why. Let's think about the differences. Hmm. Hmm. What, I, what bothers me about this, again, you can get a if you want. I don't care what you do. It's your body. It's not mine. I'm not telling you what to do. What bothers me about this is the way that a grown man talks about abortion. Like, it's, like again, we're not talking about a baby. It's not that serious, just that convenient option. So I get to be responsible. I get to just bounce from coast to coast. And I know that if I'm irresponsible, I'll just have, it'll just be covered. Someone will just go in and get an abortion, end of story. That type of like laxity with which people talk about it, where they're just like, oh, whatever. That's what's wrong with the whole conversation. That is what's wrong with the whole conversation. You know what? What's his name? DJ. Every time I say DJ, I think of DJ Tanner from Full House. If you do too, that's a sign that you're old, just FYI. Tyler's not thinking about DJ Tanner from Full House when I say DJ. Are you Tyler? No. No, because Tyler's 20 something and I'm 75. you thinking so, about some
1: guy with white spiky hair. There you go. Frosted tips.
0: This is the difference between him and I. But if you're Wears home. Here's
1: a big gold chain at 53 years old.
0: If you're home and when I said DJ, you thought DJ Tanner, you and I, I see you. I feel seen. Not going to lie. But DJ here, 53, grown-ass man, (laughs) in name only, apparently, maybe, maybe by 53, you would realize that you should be less promiscuous. Maybe you should reserve these encounters for people that actually matter, for intimacy, for relationships where if somebody did get pregnant, that that would be a step you'd want to take with them. Maybe you could wrap it up, DJ. There you go. There are things you can do and I'm not saying they're foolproof but that's why you should only be engaging in behavior with people where if something happens you're like you know what I welcome that let's start a family sex should be taken seriously this is a note for everybody young out there too sex should be taken seriously it's not taken seriously anymore it's a big problem we're going to get to that at the end by the way but I just can't believe, and people say, you know, when, when stuff comes up about New York sometimes with New York guys, I always have, it's so funny, I have a lot of uh, male friends. Some of them live in the South, Texas in particular. I love the guys in Texas. They're like, that can't be really how guys in New York. And I'm like, this, this is just an average guy. Your average 50-something-year-old in New York acts like he's, you know, 28, and the brain has not evolved, and there's a lot of just, oh, it'll be, you know, it's an easy fix, whatever. Nothing is serious. Sex should be serious. If DJ hasn't figured that out by 53, I don't know who can help him. Maybe his sisters can have a conversation with him. I don't know. Maybe we'll have him on here. We can talk to him. <laughs> Tyler's like, please, no, I'll be absent that day. <laughs> Tyler's like, you know when you were absent from school? You knew there was a big test. You were like, I'm out on Friday. That Tyler's putting it. He's like, Pat, uh, whenever she has DJ on, I'm going to just do PBD podcast that day. Yeah, I we'll don't. just
1: have Kai come in.
0: There you go. Kai can come in. <laughs> Kai'd be down. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, man.
1: I'm just – it's just – I can't – it's a wild concept, isn't it? Waiting to have sex until you're ready for the responsibility.
0: Can you imagine? I,
1: I can't. I cannot wrap my head around it.
0: And, you know, it's funny because I grew up – you know, I was, I was kind of came into the world and came into adulthood at a time when this was – things were changing, right? It, we, were, we, were, we were shifting away from a world where people waited for things. I didn't have sex – here, let me be blunt. I didn't have sex till I was 19 with somebody I was absolutely crazy about. To this day, I'm 43, guys. I'm 43. I have never had sex. I'm going to say this. I have never had sex with somebody that I didn't have feelings for, that didn't have to work for it, meaning they took me out, they respected me, We that I built some type of relationship with. I wasn't in love every time. There weren't that many times, truthfully, but I wasn't in love every time but I was, I was in really deep like every single time. And the ones where I was really in love were the best ones. We all know that. I took it seriously because I was raised that way. That has to, again, that has to come from the house. You know who had those conversations with me? My dad. That's hard for a dad to have with, with his daughter. My dad had those conversations with me where it was like, you need to respect yourself or no one else will. We're going to get to that at the end. We're going to get to that at the end. But I love that you said that, Tyler, because Tyler's a young guy. And I think that's, that's a message that needs to be out there. You should, you should be having sex with people you love or you're in deep like with, that you're in some type of relationship with, that, you've, that you know. And that if something happens, because there's always a risk, even on birth control pills, even with condoms, there's always a risk that you are prepared to do that together, to have that child. If you're not prepared, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. I know that sounds antiquated, but what an amazing, beautiful thing. Think about what that would do to intimacy. It would really mean something. It would really mean something. Instead, we're creating a nation of little babies, 53-year-old babies. Well, you know, I'm in Florida half the year. I can't have this type of headache. Grow up, DJ. Speaking of growing up, I have a couple more here. We have two to close out with today because I'm heated. I was going to save the one for tomorrow. I can't let it go. I cannot let it go. So I have to show you, first of all, let's show the video. This is a woman who's been triggered. And I'm talking about a nation of overgrown babies. This is a grown-ass woman here. This is from TikTok. Please listen to what she says. Black, make you feel now. I asked this question because on July 4th, me and my family were celebrating and shooting off fireworks, and a Jeep was coming down the street, so we had to get out of the street. And um, as the Jeep went by, it had two American flags flying high. And in the South, that typically means Trumpicans and, and Trump supporters and all that wonderful shit. I can't. But I looked at my neighbor and I asked her if she got a knot in her stomach when she saw the flag now. And she said, yes, she did. And I just attribute that to the insurrection. I attribute that to all the proud boy and. She sees the American flag, flag and thinks the proud boys. Okay. All right. Waving the flag high and just the Trump tards and. Trump tards? So I hate, I feel this way. I really do. Okay. So that's enough, you know. First of all, she says the Trumpicans to her are synonymous. The Trumpicans, as she calls them, are synonymous with the American flag. How do they not realize what they're saying? I love people who say, people used to say this in New York, I see an American flag, I immediately know it's a Republican. Uh, You saying you're not patriotic and you don't like the country and when you see an American flag, you feel like Republican. Oh, so you're not insulting Republican. You know that, right? You're just making yourself sound bad. Do they not know it? Is there no self-awareness in that statement? Okay, that's one. Secondly, if you're gonna call yourself an adult, don't act like that. Do not act like that, please. That is a grown-ass woman. She saw a truck with American flags on it, and she needed to make a TikTok video. She was very upset. She needed to make a TikTok video about it. That is not a sign of a grown-ass woman. That's disturbing. Nation of babies. Secondly, if the American flag represents white supremacy to you, you've lost your mind a little bit. I don't know if you're watching cable news shows on rerun. I, I don't know what you're doing. You're reading too much of something that's not good. I've never... I'm alive 43 years. I have never seen a white supremacist rally holding up American... I have not come across them in my life. I know white supremacists exist out there, but the vast majority of people that have American flags on their lawn or who wave American flags or who put American flag stickers on their trucks, not white supremacists. That's just a fact. Okay? The white supremacists are in the minority. Just a fact. Also... Stop being a sponge. I mean, this is someone, you can always see them from a mile away, right? They've like absorbed the talking points, right? They've got them all. They're racists and the the, the proud boys and the insurrection. She's got all the the words, right? Insurrection and the the Trumpicans And she, I don't know. She's been watching, uh, Brian Settler, whoever, she's been watching too much of. She's got all the code words. Why do you got to make it so obvious to the rest of us? We know now. We know what you watch on the weekends. So on that note, I just the reason I shared that was because I'm, I'm just so exhausted with like the, the adult baby syndrome. I was like raised where I had to be like my parents were like, you're a little adult. Like we're 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 training you to be like a woman. If I ever behaved this way in my hometown. Back in the day, even as like an 18 year old, forget it, I would have been laughing stock and rightfully so. Get a backbone, and I always say give your kids a backbone. You can't give your kids a backbone if you don't have one. Please get one. Thank you for the rest of us, although it did make for an interesting video, and we did get to cover it on the show, so I'm grateful to her for that moment. Now, I'm going to end today with some dating advice. This is important, and if even if you're not dating, if you're married and you're like, oh, Jed, I don't care. I'm married like 20 years. I don't need to. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you have nieces and nephews. You need to know what's going on You need to know what the kids are saying, and you need to know what's happening, or maybe you're a 20-something, you also need to know. Ladies, ladies, listen up. This is for you. We need to have a talk. Okay, let's play the video. This is from TikTok as well. Endless Miserable Cycle, it's called, A Woman Explains the Exasperating State of Dating Today. (laughs) True, can be exasperating. We need to watch this. I'm gonna let you watch it in full, it's not that long, and then we're gonna talk. Ladies, Pay attention. Okay. Let's go.
1: Every time I see a woman I want to talk to, my first thought is, do they really want to be approached?
0: I feel like what's so hard about dating in our modern world is that all the nice, like respectable men don't want to bother us. And so they never talk to us in person and all the jerks don't give a shit and they're the ones who approach us. So then we're like, stop approaching us. And all the nice guys are like, okay, we won't. And it's just an endless, miserable cycle. Every time. Okay. So I love that she made this video. I do. I give her props for putting it out there. This is her opinion. Ladies, I'm talking to you. First of all, I know Tyler's eager to hear what I'm going to say about this one. The nice, respectable guys are tired of getting burnt. That's why they don't come up to you. Because they're tired. They show up at the bar on a Saturday. Maybe they're not the most adept at flirting. Okay? But maybe they don't have game. Okay? Maybe they come up to you. They're a little shy. They're a little unsure. They really want to get to know you. They put in effort. They pay for your drink. They, they take that first step. They're like, I'm here for the right reasons. And you know what? You get bored and you're like, I don't know. He's kind of like, meh, meh, meh. and you wind up paying all your attention to the douche at the end of the bar who didn't buy your drink. In fact, that guy walked up, took the drink that the nice guy bought you and just slid that in as if he bought it, Right. And you decided, not, not the girl who made this video, I'm speaking general here, you decided to maybe you go home with that guy at the end of the night. He seems like fun. He's, I don't know, he's like a bad boy. I don't know. Does he have a bike? Oh. does he have a helmet for me? You're in that head. So now that nice guy gets the message, well, I'm just not going to do this because it doesn't pay. The bad boys are getting rewarded. Ladies, you own the cycle. It's you. Don't put it on the guys. Don't make this about the guys. This isn't about the guys. This is about you. You need to start paying attention to the good guys. They'll come up to you more. You need to stop rewarding the bad boys. You need to teach them. So here's some advice. Don't put the goods out there unless someone earns it. By earn it, I mean they have to be invested in you. They have to take you out on dates. They have to call you. They have to prioritize you. They have to make you feel good. Maybe they open the car door for you. Imagine that. Something right out of 1985. Maybe they pay for your dinner. Maybe they call you, make sure, oh, hey, how did it go? Yeah, I had a really good time. Pick up the phone. Not a text. Not 2022. Gentlemanly. They treat you with respect. You feel good about that situation. All that needs to happen before you put the goods out there. You're then teaching that man That your body is your temple. You put the goods out there for a bad boy on night one because you're bored. You also taught that guy that he doesn't have to be a good guy. He can be a douche and he still wins at the end of the day. The cycle happens because of you. Don't put it on the guys. And I'm not saying guys don't have a responsibility. You should want to be a good dude, right? But not everybody's going to be like that. What I'm trying to say is, ladies, you're not powerless in this game, You need to take ownership of your role in this. And ladies saying, oh, I tell the jerks to leave me alone. Do you? Listen, if you do, more power to you. I hate bad boys. I never gave them the time of day. I gave one guy the time of day for a little while who wound up being a bad boy. And the second I found out he was a bad boy, his shit was outside. I'm not lying. It doesn't interest me. Bad boys are like fun for like five minutes, if that. And I'm going to be blunt. They're usually not even good in bed just going to say they're used to taking care of themselves and not you. It's a pattern that goes deep. You all know it. Ladies listening. Invest your time in people who are investing their time in you and that will creep out. You can't teach your daughters that lesson unless you do it yourself. Okay? So it starts with you. So I'm not saying there aren't bad guys out there. I'm not saying that there aren't guys that are going to do you wrong no matter what. They exist. Your job is to tell those guys to take a walk when that happens. Your job is to pay attention to the guys who really want to do right by you. Your job is to send a message to the douche at the end of the bar who doesn't want to buy you the drink because he doesn't want to spend the money. That That's not going to work for you. You're not going to go home with him. You're not going to give him the time of day. And instead, you're going to go back to that conversation with the guy who wasn't so great at flirting, but would probably make a great boyfriend. So that's what I'm closing with today because it's important. This dating stuff is really, really important. And I think that it affects how you feel about yourself. It affects how you carry yourself in the world. And it's also part of turning like girls into women. We also talk about, you know, oftentimes boys into men. Well, girls into women too. you got to stand up for yourself. That's how you stand up for yourself. So I hear her, but I'd be curious. I don't know her life. I don't know what she's doing. Maybe she's doing everything right. But if not, always be willing to make those tweaks. The bad boys are never going to be worth it until they change. I'm not saying they can't change. But they're going to change because you don't tolerate their shit. Or they're not going to change at all. But if there's a chance, it's going to be because of you. Ladies, you have a lot of power. Tyler knows. You have a lot of power is all I'm saying. All right. I got a couple of questions. I actually had asked you guys. I don't know if you know. I have a site called bila.locals.com. It's another censorship-free zone. It's where I post some you know, private, like home videos I'll post of my family. It's a supporters, um, it's where supporters go. People who've been following me for a long time. Some of them give money, some of them don't. Some of them share great comments. It's just a a zone to be supportive of the work that I'm doing. Helps me to do everything I do right here. And I asked for some questions and a couple people had submitted questions. One of the questions was, uh, let me get the name, Auction Man asked, how much better is Florida than New York for you, your husband and Hartley? A lot, a lot better. I feel much safer here. Um, I feel much more joyful. And I think a lot of that has to do with truly the weather and just like the vitamin D and the sunshine. It's hard to, you know, when you're, New York was getting very gray weather-wise and just emotionally with everything that was going on with the mandates. And it just it's just brighter here. And my kid gets to be outside a lot. And my family feels like our decisions are up to us and that we have a governor here that respects that and protects that, which makes me feel really good. I don't know how I feel if DeSantis isn't governor anymore. I don't know. I still have a foot, I always say, in like Texas and Tennessee because those are my states. My husband's still trying to fight for Montana. He's like, I want to go where the people are seldom seen. <laughs> but it's much better. And it, feels much, um, it just feels much more um, healthy to be here so that was one question that I got Um, and I don't know if Tyler if we have any I was going to follow the chat guys I was determined and I failed you I can't I don't know multitasking on this is just not my strength do you see anything in the chat that I should be paying attention to
1: shout out to Thomas Gray sent five bucks said Jededi you were my favorite host on the view well thank you another one we have thank Um, you
0: Thomas I appreciate that every little bit you guys send helps to make this happen Right. Where, you know, we update the set. We, you know, do stuff, tweaks to the topics. There's just more stuff we can shoot outside. I have some plans to shoot stuff outside. Everything costs money. So everything you send helps. I'm super grateful for every every penny.
1: And then one more. If if a 9-11 type event occurred in 2022, how would people treat each other? Would Americans be patriotic like back in 2001?
0: I think you'd have a moment potentially of union, but it would be much more quickly dispersed. And I think COVID's a great example of that because that was, that was a crisis that struck. I mean, in the beginning, you didn't know if it was going to be. I joke about The Walking Dead. You didn't know. And I thought that would have that effect of unity. And look what it did. They managed to have people at each other's throats because people allowed it. Um, so I, I, I don't think that the country is in that place. I think if it were something external, maybe a little bit more of a chance of, of cohesiveness of union of like shared humanity, but the more people get buried in technology and the less face-to-face interactions, the more of a problem you're going to have getting that sense of shared humanity back. That's going to be a thing of the past if we allow it to be. Uh, and that's why I focus on the porn and the, the virtual reality and the metaverse. All of that stuff breaks down the bonds between people. And anything that breaks down the bonds between people is destructive to society at large. Because when those moments happen, you view the other person as the enemy. And they're not. They're not. But you can't get out of your bubble. So that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying, I'm trying to, like, force conversation. These topics are not easy. And they're not all comfortable. Um, And I'm going to bring somebody on here and we're going to talk for an hour about pornography. Maybe that's going to make you uncomfortable. It needs to be uncomfortable. Like you can't grow without discomfort. And that's what I'm here to do. And that's what I'm hoping you'll get out of the show. So I want to thank everyone. I also want to ask you again to please ask questions in the chat. I'm going to get the hang of it. I swear. You're like Jed, you're not 80. I know. I know. I have 80 year olds that I know that are better at this stuff than me. I just don't. You know what it is? I hate the technology. I resist it. I'm like, you're bad for America. I resist it. I'll try not to resist it. I will try to let Tyler show me how to do it. I swear. Need a tutorial. Um, I will try to do that. But hit your subscribe button, show support. Um, That would mean. A lot to me. And thank you to everyone who joins us. Um, The new schedule, again, is Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Today we have a short week. We'll be back on Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. First guest is next week. It's going to be spicy. It's going to be interesting. Here we go again. Every time I say spicy, Tyler comes in. Tyler one more time. Spicy. There you go some
1: TikTok. I got to find it. I don't know. I'm going to watch it.
0: I'm going to hear this thing. I'm going to be sitting on a beach somewhere and hear that TikTok video and I'm just going to lose it one of these days. I can't. Thank you for joining us. Happy Wednesday. That feels like a Monday. If you didn't get your tacos on Friday, I did, by the way, I ate like seven beef tacos. If you didn't go get them today. We'll see you back here on Friday. Have a great, great, great Wednesday.